watching your wife giving birth as watching your favourite pub burn down. Hello everybody and welcome to the second ever episode of Overly Honest Dads. My name's Matt, I'm your host and I'm joined as ever by my good friends Magnus. Hi everyone. And John. Hello everybody. Okay, so if you're listening to this for the uh, to our podcast for the first time, uh, this is Overly Honest Dads. This is a podcast where three fathers talk about their experiences of being parents. And um, I suppose the main objective of what we're doing here is to give you the most honest viewpoint that we can, really. Um, you know, what's the point unless we're being honest? Um, so this is our second ever episode. Last uh, time we discussed what it's like when you get your partner pregnant and, and sort of being the bloke through pregnancy. And for our second episode, we're going to talk about being uh, the father that's standing there helpless in the birthing room when your wife is in labour. So I'm sure that that discussion is going to, uh, you know, result in some interesting um, discussion. But before that, it's been a week since I've seen you guys. How have you guys been in the last week? I haven't slept. Well, at all? Not much, no. Okay. I don't even remember what sleep is like. Quinn has been fairly restless for no apparent reason. However, she's doing it with a smile, which is always nice. If they weren't so cute, then there's a good chance that, you know, we wouldn't take care of them. Um, But she is really happy. She is very, very restless and exploring her surroundings. She's not able to to crawl, uh, uh, should I say, roll over just yet. However, she's bloody well trying, which, okay, is, which so is nice. For someone who, for anyone who didn't tune in for the last episode, how old is Quinn, by the way? She's four months and a week. Okay. So fairly young. Yeah, exciting. And you mentioned earlier on that you started weaning as well. Yeah. So how's yeah, that yeah, yeah. going? Absolutely. We started weaning as soon as she hit four months. And we were feeding her, well, we have been feeding her purees. And Jesus Christ, she makes a goddamn mess. Really? Yeah, you know, like it, it's an absolute disaster. It's like someone got killed. It's like she grabbed an animal and just, just mullered it and there's blood all over her front. So she's wearing these special bibs right now to, to ensure that she doesn't get it absolutely everywhere. But when she's eating that puree, she's really happy. And that happiness leads, yeah, yeah, one of these. Matt is currently holding up a bib, a really nice bib. What does that say? Um, I'm not sure really. Uh, Nan Quinn, Nan Baby. Oh. I don't know what that means, but it's got little sleeves on it, which is pretty cool. It's got little bees on it as well. Exactly. You know, it's good. Oh, Endorsing the bee movie. Anyway, John, how have you been in the last week? Well, you fuckers still don't feel this, but it's um, half term. I'm a father of three. One's three, one's five, and one is eight. And they are loud motherfuckers at six in the morning, uh, <laughs> which is what they like to do when uh, it's a long bank holiday weekend. And you think, I'm going to go to bed a little later, watch the boxing, get up a little later tomorrow. The fuck, six in, in the that, morning. Do you do it in that silly voice as well? Oh, yeah, I do, I do. I, I like talking to myself in a very silly, idiotic voice most okay. days. But did, yeah. you, did you do anything nice for the bank holiday? Yeah, just dad stuff. I think Saturday we had a barbecue. We had another kid come around, Chris's friend James, and uh, they parted all day. We used a new barbecue. Manly. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Saturday. What did we do Saturday? Jesus, I can't even remember. Um Oh yeah, we went to Blue Water of all things. And it was really? a sunny bank holiday weekend and went to Blue Water instead of going to the beach. Which, trust me, with kids, way better to go to a shopping centre, sit down at a restaurant and eat, than going to a beach and just going, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, because you just stress yourself out all day. Um, and then, uh, God, I ran a 10K on Monday. 
So, yeah, oh. for charity. That's far more productive than I've been. Yeah, best of well, luck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you've already done it. I've already done it, yeah. Oh, there we I'll are. I do a lot of talentees, so it doesn't Retract make a the best of luck then. Yeah. Okay. yeah. How, how did you do? Uh, I, it was a shit one because I, I, I signed up last minute and I, I was running with four colleagues that were a little slow and they said, oh, we're going to be in the slow wave. So I went in the last wave possible. And then there were like two waves ahead of me. So they started running and I was in with the fatties and I was just like kind of queuing to run. I'm not a fattest. I am. Uh, but running like a 10K, trying to dodge people because they're in front of you becomes a bit difficult. So instead of doing my usual 40 something minutes, I ended up doing like 56, which sucked. But does but, that, you know, the dodging out the way of larger people, is that helping your fitness in any way? Like, because you're not dodging when to you're the trying side, to do time. helping your reaction speeds? No, not when you're trying to do time. I wanted to do time. I was aiming for like 46 minutes and then I ended up doing 56, which sucked ass. Maybe you're attracted to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well. That shit ain't going to happen with me, man. Uh, nah. No, just, oh, that uh, way. I, I meant the gravitation. Oh, the gravita- <laughs> I am not that smart for that joke. That is very funny. Okay. Got it a bit too late. Well, we just lost a certain proportion of our <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, fat people out there. I used to be fat, so I'm allowed to say it. So were you, Matt. So. Well, you know, um, I, I suppose actually, speaking of which, it might be worth one day talking about how um, having a kid affects your fitness because I tell you what, you don't have time for anything uh, that you did before when you have a baby. I mean, maybe when the kids get a bit older, you can start doing that again. But I tell you what, when you first to have a kid it's like a sledgehammer to your life um in a good way in a good way anyway let's um so uh let's move on to the uh the second section we'll be back in a moment and we'll talk about um being a helpless father when your wife slash partner is in labor uh see you in a bit Welcome back to Overly Honest Dads, the world's greatest podcast about fatherhood. Um, we're back now to talk about um, being in labour, but obviously we weren't in labour unless any of you guys are hiding significant secrets from us. Um, I've got something to tell you guys. Yeah? John is a woman. <gasps> <laughs> OMG. But oh no, you're not really, are you? No, I'm not. No, no good no, stuff. I've good checked. stuff. So, yeah, so... Um, it's an, it's the essential part of having a kid is 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 uh being actually born um and you know uh, when you especially when you're having your first kid you're sort of you think a lot about that moment don't you when you're leading up to it you think a lot about um the moment of birth helping your wife through labor and you know i don't know what your guys experience was like but certainly for me one of the main things you feel is a complete level of helplessness. Um, and so I think it's worthwhile to, to talk about this as a subject. And obviously, you know, it's really important when your kid's first born. That's a moment you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Now, Magnus, you became a father most recently out of all of us here. So why don't you kick off by telling us a bit about what your experience was like of being the man when your partner is going through labour? So it, it's it's not mean to say that you do feel pretty helpless when you're there with your partner who's who's doing the heavy lifting and there's not really much you can do at all. Um, heavy he, pushing. Heavy yeah, pushing, correct. should I say, yeah. Um, and he, he, even even the midwives, I, I don't know, may, maybe it was just me, but I, I did feel very much like I was a spare wheel even to them. Um, I provided emotional support to Romana. Um, I gave her food, I gave her water, and I held the gas and air thingy whatever it is, I was putting it in her mouth. Um, <laughs> just the gas in it. <laughs> Sorry. So, Child in me. <laughs> so uh, like, how far along was uh, Romana when she went into labour? Was she early? Was she late? Was she on time? She was late. So she was 
a full term and a week. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, as everyone knows, when if you're if you're a first first timer, you're expected to be late. And when Quinn wasn't appearing on her due date, we thought to ourselves, okay, you know, let's just muck around. We went out to London. We uh, went to a nice French restaurant. I got, yeah, quite drunk. Um, had some really nice food. Uh, nothing happened for days afterwards. Yeah. So uh, the week appeared, and then Romana started to feel the pains. Uh, it was like three and two. Three in the morning, she woke up. She's like, "Yo, Magnus, this ain't right, man." Did you say it like <laughs> yeah, that? She yeah. does not sound like she, that. <laughs> it is not right. <laughs> she doesn't even sound like that. She and is. I should probably say at this point that your um, partner is from the Czech Republic. She is, which yeah. is the reason for your wonderful accent. Yes, exactly. She she's ex-Soviet. Um, she may be a sleeper spy. Who knows? Um, but yeah, she's from the Czech Republic, so her accent is exactly the way that I did it. Um, Hello, what are you doing? And uh, yeah, so she rubber shoes in motion for all those red alert fans out there. Um, so uh, yeah, like two, three in the morning, she she knocked me awake. She's like, Magnus, this is not right. Um, something feels weird. So she went to the bog, and the show appeared. The show? Yeah, John, do you remember the show? Yeah, you remember the show? Oh dear, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the? Sh- you know the show? No, I'm a bit lost. The, the show is is the plug, uh, at the, the the front of the vagina. The mucus plug. The mucus plug. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The- okay. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the oh, mucus I've got plug. a story for you later. I oh, we didn't talk about this. Yeah, oh no, we're the overly honest dads. So we're going to be talking about all this shit. <laughs> yeah gonna scare these dads here you got you motherfuckers your lives are over you better you oh, kept boy. the receipt so, so i guess we're putting an explicit tag on this podcast hell yeah you? okay hell yeah motherfucker. okay um so uh yeah uh and uh she said nothing was uh, she said this is not right um and then the, the the pains the labor pains started to appear so i really quickly downloaded um uh uh what you call it the fucking the time contractions a okay. contractions app Okay. So I downloaded a contractions app and uh, at the time, because you could do that, you know, it's 21st century. We're retiring. Well, you again. could it was... do it then. You couldn't do it in 2011, mate. Like when I had the first. True. True. Like, there was no fucking apps. All these apps you guys talk about. You like, guys didn't even have electricity back every, then. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I missed every wave. Like you guys knew dating apps. I missed yep. all of that shit. I was married by then. Yeah. It's depressing. Yeah. You, you lost out. You I, lost my out wife, on that. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she will be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we were we were following the um the contractions uh and god she's such a trooper. She lasted several hours before we went to the hospital. We obviously we called up the hospital and we told them Romana's having contractions, what do we do? This is the timing, the spacing, all that kind of stuff. And they always encourage you to stay at home, which is understandable because mm-hmm. it is as an animal it's what you're familiar with. It's the safest environment for you, right? Yeah. So we stayed at home for several hours because Romana is an absolute trooper. I really mean that. Then we jumped in the car. We filled up the car with way too much stuff, way too much stuff. And we parked it on site. And I remember vividly, because it's only four months ago, we were walking towards um, the maternity ward. And every 10 meters, Romana was doubling over um, because she was experiencing another contraction. There was people walking past us. Man, what the hell is going on here? What happened to her? Um, oh, we got to the maternity ward and yeah, started. That was it. We just started. Yeah. So just straight away. And he got straight into uh, into the... To- 
to a room, was it? A birthing, was it birthing room? Like, what, the labour room? Because there are distinctions, aren't there? It was a triage room. A triage room. Yeah. We were in uh, Shaftesbury, it was translation called. Translation for me? So a triage room is where you're assessed. Okay. Yeah. Um, and a, a, a treatment is given to you based upon priority. Yeah. Um, so when you go to A&E, you're usually triaged. It's what they do on the battlefield as well. You're triaged, whether, you know, if you've lost a leg, if you just had a superficial wound, that kind of thing. And they will assess you based upon how far along you are. So Romana was, I wouldn't say she was that far along. Um, I can't remember how many centimetres dilated. I think she was like two or three centimetres dilated, something along those lines. Uh, and within no time, she was fully dilated. Damn. It was like, yeah, it was absolutely no time. The thing is, however, we thought that she would be quite quick to give birth because her her mother gave birth to her uh, to her sister, her oldest sister, first kid, within four hours, and her sister gave birth to her son within, I think it was six hours, first kid, which is quite a short amount of time for a first kid so you know we thought that Romana would be similar she's got really good hips and we thought the kid would have a good hips time they don't lie mass it's where it's at it's where it's at um and we thought that Quinn would pop out quite soon and it wasn't the case pop it wasn't out the case. Okay. by the way the pop out reference is fantastic I have to say it's pretty amazing I love the pop out okay so you talked a bit about how Romana is a trooper, which which is you know helpful in that situation. How are you doing at this point? Were you being as supportive as you would like to be? Were you freaking out? Give us paint us a picture. I I became really good at rubbing her back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, or rubbing one out. <laughs> well, you know, there's not much else she can do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I I you know I spoke to her. I, <laughs> you look so the, awkward right now. That's the bare minimum. Speaking to someone is the least you can you do. You know, okay, so I'll, I'll give you a rundown on what I did. Yeah. I tried to take charge of organizing stuff, speaking to the midwives when she definitely could not at all, telling them what's going on, going out and finding them when Romana needed them, um, making sure that she was fed, making sure that she was hydrated, and making sure that her back was rubbed really well yeah mm -hmm. uh, there's honestly there's there's not much else that you can do you have no. to be there your presence is important sure uh, now that i've gone through that i can't even fathom women that go through that on their own if they've had a partner yeah, that's man. just gone and fucked off because yeah. they're a piece of shit mm -hmm. you know and they don't want a responsibility and that that woman is in that that room on her own this alien sterile environment and giving birth something that maybe they've never experienced before it's a fundamental change to their body and they have to do that on their own like i can't even begin so you know i'm going on a tangent here this is another topic mm -hmm. um but, yeah, I agree with that, man. Yeah, I think we all do. I mean, it's pure a, scum, right? Yeah, oh, mate, I, I think I, I'm, I'm going to be very out there. Not everybody would agree, but if you're a guy who's had a kid and you're listening to this and you weren't there, dude, you're not a fucking dad. I'm sorry, but you can't not be there. It's I mean, controversial. Is, is, yeah, it's controversial. But <laughs> that, it's, that means my dad isn't a dad. The one, my, my, my dad is <laughs> which, the same, which, dude. You know, you're telling me that. Now, I wonder who my real the dad one, my dad is. was the same well, thing. It, it, my dad it depends, was the same John. I just think you need to be present. You need to be there to... I, I mean, I overdid it. 
and we'll talk about that later. But I, I think there is an aspect of being there during that. It's really a rough, man. Mm. It's really a rough thing. Yeah, but I do think at the same time that these days it's pretty much a given that you're going to be there. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's yeah, not really that... Yeah. I don't think there's that many... Well, at least in this country, I know the attitudes are probably different elsewhere in the world. But here, um, I think it would be only a minority of blokes that don't show up these days. Mm. It's only like the, the, the real scumbags or... That's all. Those are guys I'm talking to. You, you yeah. do have old-fashioned women that don't want their partners there. Yeah, really? sounds, still? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so, you know, that's their choice. Yeah. And it's fine. For example, I wasn't allowed down the business end. I was yeah. not allowed. And when Romana was, like, close and, and Quinn's head was flipping, popping out a little bit, you know, she was there. You could, see, you could see the cap, you know, through her vagina. I couldn't because I wasn't allowed. But it was, like, that close. And Romana was still saying to the midwives, through, I don't know how, because she was semi-conscious. She was like, Magnus is not allowed down the business end. So I never got to see what happened there. And everything is hunky-dory. Our relationship is great. Okay. <laughs> So so how, so how was it actually in that in that in that time then? Because obviously you know there's a lot of build up with, yeah. with labour, and then a kid comes out and well and everything starts to happen. So how was the actual moment of that? It, it was it was all a bit too much, um, but it was a culmination of the fact that this was one of the most alien things I've ever been through. Yeah, you know your your partner is just experiencing some really weird yeah you know experiences mm-hmm. you know things come out of her that you've never seen before for example the show there was a lot of show there was a lot yeah. of show yeah, yeah yeah a lot of show way more than i thought i thought it was just a plug and okay a, like you know and I, my idea of a plug was like a cork <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 not it it, it varies upon uh, depending upon the woman and there can be quite a lot and she had a lot of show um, and there was bits and bobs and you know juices that it, 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 I know I know oh, I know man. I know I know oh, I'm bringing back memories right soon, I, d- I, back I don't memories. know what it is about the word juice there that just <laughs> honestly we we ate before we recorded yeah. and uh, now I regret eating <laughs> but you also had the juice before we had dinner so you know yeah <laughs> just ruin it for you moist juice. <laughs> Don't do that. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. You're doing so well. Okay, so, so, um, so Quinn pops out to use your to use your phrasing. Yeah. And what happened next? So, Quinn popped out. Can, can I can I go back a bit actually? So, yeah. Quinn was ready to pop out. Okay. Her head was, um, like the top of her head. We'll call it the cap. Was out there in, in, into the world, but the rest of her was not appearing. And Romana was pushing and pushing and pushing, and she just wasn't coming out. She, I, like, she, she, she was pushing so hard, so hard. So intervention was required. And she was given an epidural, pethidin as well. So we did the epidural, and this is a weird thing for me. The whole time we were in a triage room, which was secluded, the blinds were closed. We had a midwife coming in and it was very quiet and she had um, uh, ethereal music going on in the back. And what was it called? Hypnobirthing. Hypnobirthing music, right? Uh, By the way, that didn't really work for us. That was a load of bullshit. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember looking at Romana after the birth and we were like, yeah, that fucking shit. Um, But yeah, she had the music going on in the background and it was just like a really calm environment. And then we had the the epidural because Queen wasn't coming out and we were brought into uh, an an operating theatre. 
So a theatre. Oh, so, so you actually changed rooms at that We point? changed rooms, yeah, yeah, And yeah, did you yeah. have any idea that was going to happen or was that just completely out of the blue? Yeah, yeah. We, we knew that she would have to change rooms, but St. George's was massively overcrowded at the time and we had to wait for rooms to become available. Oh, yeah, okay. it was really bad. And the transfer was awful because she was put onto a wheelchair. Yeah, sitting down with Quinn popping out of her at the bottom. Oh, God. In a lift with other people. Did that, like, put her back in? In a lift with other with people. With other people, yeah. And she was there, like, oh, fuck. And there was a dude there, like, what's going on here? What is this? <laughs> is that a head? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It wow. was. It was It was not. That, that, was, that was the part she disliked the most, was the transfer. No one likes fucking transfers. Um, so we signed the documentation that, yeah, epidural can fuck you up. But it was fine. <laughs> she had the epidural done. Um, so before that, we, we, she was wheeled into the theatre. Um, and there was about 10 people. I can still see their fucking faces in my head burnt into my memory. Uh, there was a bunch of student doctors because St. George's is a um, university, hospital. university hospital. And they had the anesthesiologists. They had the consultants. And they were all flipping amazing. All amazing. Much like, love to the NHS. Man. Much love to St. George's. Yeah, for real. Like They were so cool. They understand, understood where I was coming from. They obviously knew where Romana, Romana was coming from. But me as a father, as like a spare wheel, they knew how to handle me as well, which I was just, I couldn't believe that. It was amazing. Like they were comforting me it's for true. crying they out loud. Handle me as well. That's yeah. Yeah, all come to that. Oh <laughs> yeah, goodness yeah. me! No, that's true. Goodness that's true. me! It's good. The NHS lived through a lot of it with dads and mums and the experience. As yeah, well. it's not their first time. No, no, it's no not. definitely not. It's not their first day. radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, she had the epidural. And for Romana, she said it was the best thing ever. Everything just fell away. She couldn't feel anything from the waist down. Nothing at all. Did she shit herself? No, she didn't. Ah. Nah, she didn't. When she was pushing? Nah, she didn't at all. There was no, nothing exiting. No brown. It was cool. Um, so <laughs> Just a cap. The, the consultant said to her, it was in his Irish accent, it was like, well, Romana, now that you can't feel anything, you have to do everything with your mind. Okay? So you need to imagine that you're pushing. You need to think that you're pushing Quinn out. You're not going to feel it but you can feel it in your mind. And so when he said to her, push, she pushed three times in total and Quinn came out and Romana was on cloud nine the whole time. And as soon as Quinn came out, she started crying and there she was, this, this live creature. And <laughs> I, I must admit to you, you know, I, I can be fairly stoic, but at that time it was far too much. I broke down. Like full on, like ugly tears. Or... Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't long. It was like you know five seconds, but it happened. Yeah, you know, and I couldn't see, and I was shit over my glasses, you know, tears and whatnot. And uh, yeah, they gave Quinn to to me first, wrapped her in a towel, gave her to me. They checked her, did all the Apgar tests, all that kind of stuff. Um, gave her vitamin K, uh, and when I was holding Quinn, I was looking down at her. This thing looked like nothing, like neither of us. It was weird looking at her and she was there looking up at me and her eyes were she wasn't able to focus you could see that and she she was experiencing for the first time light from the outside world and it was affecting her eyes so she wasn't able to keep her eyes open she was constantly blinking yeah um while looking at me she could see that there was this form above her so she was staring at me and the connection that we had then was just weird 
never experienced anything like it before. And I was just holding this thing. And she had a weight to her. She was an actual person, you know? Yeah, that's a good point because you spend so long talking about it. Um, you just spend like eight, nine months, uh, as, well, as soon as you get the positive test result, you spend all that time, like we talked about last week, you just, it's constantly on your brain. You can't ever really forget. Um, mm. and, and yeah, and then it's out. I mean, it's, it's such an amazing realization following that yeah. following the pregnancy absolutely mm. so yeah that that was kind of my birthing story really and everything afterwards was was fairly hunky-dory can you just go back a bit hmm. to the doctor to, you know telling her to think of push but can you do all of that again with an irish accent for me i, 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 I can't <laughs> maybe another I don't accent. Know why you said irish accent you just a specified irish yeah he, he was an irish guy damn he was an irish guy i don't remember i honestly have a blackout remembering who were like who was there like my wife mm. remembers all of them i don't mm -hmm. remember any of them I, I can't remember their faces or anything i just remember the experience being a bit rough but mm -hmm. yeah weird fair enough well we're going to come to you last on this john because yeah, yeah. you've got well not only have you had three kids so you've got three times the amount of stuff to talk about but um yeah i understand there's um quite an interesting incident that you um, were involved in, but we'll go qu we'll go quickly over over my um, situation and feel free to fire questions at me um, at any point. But so yeah, I've got a s seven month old daughter called Amelie, and so so yeah, it's still f fairly fresh in in my mind. Um, so like like you and uh, Romana Magnus, um, uh, uh, we went a bit late. Um, I think it ended up being about two weeks late by the time um, we went into. Um, I went into hospital and I, I don't know if you guys had this as well but um, we had to uh, we had our um, induction booked in way in advance I think it was in month seven the midwife booked us an induction just in case we went over um, I didn't realize everyone got got that booked in just in case but um, but yeah so um, ended up going in and um, I mean everything was 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 really went really smoothly overall but there were a couple of things that that happened that um I suppose you know we didn't really prepare for because you know a, lo a lot can go wrong and so um it got to the point where alex wasn't having regular enough contractions or something along those lines um and so they decided to induce and so um they give you a chemical which helps induce labor now when you get that that medication whatever it is i honestly don't, uh, don't know off the top of my head um that means that you're almost definitely going to need an epidural because that brings the contractions on like super strong and so alex was waiting for an epidural and the uh anise uh, help me out magnus and anesthesiologist and what magnus said yeah um <laughs> uh, and so that person came in with this huge needle to do the epidural yeah and she she had three attempts at getting it in and all of them went wrong. Um, and That's Ale dangerous, man. Fuck. It, it wasn't good at all. Um, mm. You know, and the woman that did it, I mean, I know, we, you know everyone who works for the NHS does a great job and we don't mean to disrespect um, any 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 professionals well, out she there. was a bitch. Well, she, she looked like that zany person at a party that you might try and avoid. You know, <laughs> that might start talk, talking to you about healing crystals or or, or her homemade um, elderberry wine or something. Um, I mean, I'm sure she was lovely, but um, I didn't want her anywhere near my pregnant wife, especially not after she had three failed attempts at getting the needle in. And Alex had blood running down her back. Jesus and um, and one of the needles sort of hit one of her nerves somehow, and she had a massive pain that just shot through her body. It's like you, this, 
this is not what you want um, in that in that situation. But thankfully, someone came along and got uh, and, and got it all hooked up. And Alex was very happy after the epidural. Yeah. I mean, s- since then, any of Alex's friends that have been pregnant, Alex has been singing the praises of epidurals. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, yeah. likewise. Yeah. And I think actually, it's maybe an important uh, point to mention because. From what Alex has been telling me, like there's a quite a, a culture of trying to get through labour without having an epidural. Yes. Like you know, it's the natural way. Um, but when it comes down to it, if it's making you a happier person as you're going through labour to have an epidural, does that make you a bad person? I don't think it does. I think I, I completely agree. It's something I was going to bring up because Elisa was Italian family in order. I said, "Oh no, you got to live the experience this, that, the other." And she was like, oh, it's going to be easy. It can't be that painful, dude. When that shit kicks in, it's painful. And it's not, and I'll be honest, from a guy's side, it's not nice seeing the other half in that much pain. And the moment the epidural kicked in, it was peace on earth. Cloud nine. It really was. And we were really lucky in a way because the anesthesiology didn't go through all that Mm. crap of missing and then all the rest. But they had to be really careful because she has a mess anyway. So they've got the senior guy in to get it done. But... It's definitely drugs all day. I mean, I, I yeah. wouldn't, and and it not. It's a twenty first century. I know people want to experience pain and all the rest of it, but if you've got the technology to avoid the pain and have an easy birth, I mean, yeah, it makes sense, right? Just on the back of that, don't be afraid of the birthing cascade, because you'll have pethidine, which is usually the first drug, which in, it induces the labour. If that doesn't work, then you'll go for an epidural, and, and beyond that, there's vontus, etc., and forceps. Um, and so the cascade is where you try one thing, it doesn't work, and you, you, you have to go down it. And yes, there is a small increased risk of things occurring, but usually it really does help out the woman. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be afraid of it. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I just think it's yeah, the point point that Alex mentioned that, that people just seem... Well, I think some women put other women under, under pressure about yeah, it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so for anyone listening that's expecting, um, you know, um, epidurals aren't necessarily a, an evil thing in any no. way, shape or form. Um, okay, and we'll just take a quick break now. And when we come back, we'll talk more about being uh, in labour. Hi, welcome back. Um, so, where were we? I think I was talking about Alex being in labour, wasn't I? Great. Yes. Um, yeah, and um, so I mentioned the stuff about the epidural, so that was um, fun and games. And then from there, it was um, mostly plain sailing, although it took a long time. Um, so the epidural happened about 8am in the morning, um, on the Tuesday morning, and Emily wasn't born until 2am um, on the Wednesday morning. So that's quite a lot of time. And so in that time, um, we didn't really do anything other than wait, wait around. Um, one thing that actually did happen that's worth mentioning um, as well is that there were issues with Alex's temperature and baby's heart rate. So Alex's temperature went up and there was a problem with baby's heart rate as well. And they started to suspect um, sepsis, um, which is a very serious... Oh dear. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad time. And so that actually led to us having to stay in the hospital for uh, about three or four days after Amelie had given birth. And thank uh, Amelie given birth. Alex gave birth. <laughs> Amelie hopefully won't be giving birth for a long time yet. Um, but yeah, they had to take um, uh, samples and um, and just check that, 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 that they weren't ill. So that was a bit of a stressful time. The labour itself was fairly straightforward. They actually scheduled the labour. So um, the midwife said that we we're going to start pushing around 2am. I don't know why they picked that time, but Alex had like a sleep for, for a few hours and um, and I sort of 
potted around for a bit. And then when it came time to push, Alex specifically said that she didn't want me to do anything. Like, push, she wanted me to do nothing at all. You know why they say I am? Why? Lunch break. Really? No lie. What, so when's it's lunch the, break? It's lunch break. They do the lunch break and then they start again at two. So um, lunch break's what, between one and two in the morning? Between one and two in the morning, yeah. I they was have a changeover. Yeah, they have a changeover in a, in a break. So and, uh, yeah. we so, experience a changeover so basically, as well, which delayed things. Yeah, the birth of your daughter was around people's lunchtime, bitch. <laughs> well, I suppose people do need time to eat a sandwich. No, um, I they're mean, not allowed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was all fairly straightforward from there, really, I suppose. Like... Um, uh, there was a lot of pushing. There was um, a, a lot of women that appeared all of a sudden and and helped out. And um, and then, yeah, all of a sudden I could see my daughter's head poking out of my wife's vagina, which is an image I'll never forget. So you're at the business, the business end. end. I wasn't at the business end. I was at the top end. But I think I something through the angles that they were yeah, at yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that meant that I could just see the head poking out. And um, and yeah th- that doesn't leave you that that image nope. um it doesn't go anywhere and so so yeah but i mean it's, i'm not someone who's necessarily massively squeamish about that stuff um but, uh, but yeah that was interesting and so when once amelie came out um and and they checked her out and she was all fine they put her onto alex's chest and alex couldn't quite get a grip on her straight away um uh she was slipping down a little bit so i ran around the other side of the bed so i could prop up amelie and i pr- tried to prop her up from her sort of backside as it were and Little did I know that Amelie had just done her first ever poo on the outside. And so <laughs> my first actual interaction with my daughter was getting my hand covered in her black tarry shit. Oh, which, you got shat on. Which was not good. Magnus, remind me of what the word for that poo is. The codium. The co- that, that, yeah, what Magnus said. Um, and uh, thankfully it doesn't smell like your baby's first few poos are not like, sort of stinky brown turds no. like, like we, like we uh, grown adults it's do. It's true. They're actually um, quite appetising. <laughs> There's a, there's a juice to them. <laughs> if you're into Marmite. Oh, Jesus, man. Actually, it is a similar sort of like, it you is. know. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't taste the same, though. No, strangely. No, it's not um, salt. No. But yeah, the first thing that happened, my first interaction with Emily was uh, she shat on me. Um, and <laughs> I then, love you, Dad. <laughs> and then, yeah, after that, I suppose it's the same thing that everyone goes through with, the, you know, the weighing table and all that sort of stuff. I took photos. and um, And then because of everything that happened with the potential sepsis Amelie was actually taken away then for like I think two hours because they needed to put antibiotics she needed to get antibiotics right away in case anything was wrong so they put this little thing on her foot and apparently it took them ages to find a vein to put that in so not only did Alex spend time uh, struggling to get the epidural in Amelie had two hours of them trying to get antibiotics into her foot wow Wow. yeah jeez yeah so how was it when Amelie was taken away from them. I'm sure that must have been very stressful. Um, you know, Alex went to sleep because she was exhausted, mm-hmm. and I'd been at the um, at the hospital for a while then. And like, um, one thing that's worth mentioning is that Alex has a bunch of food allergies, and so um, I had to go back and make her food for the next day because she needed yeah. to eat food, and so I had to go and get and and get stuff for her. Mm-hmm. So I just went home uh, at, at that point um and and I came back the next day cuz I had to make yeah about three meals for Alex. From a very selfish, selfish point of view, I guess that was a good 
break in a way um i suppose yeah but that, over the next five days i was spending my days at the hospital getting back as late as i could um back home as late as i could in time to catch tesco cook three meals go to bed and then go in the next morning so it was quite a stressful um uh, little time really but i mean the most important thing is that everything was all right with emily so and uh, and it was so yeah i suppose that that's my story um just just a group question on the back of that as well this is for everyone here how long did you take off from work when your kids were born i did the paternity straight away um yeah i i had um ended up just over two weeks because alex had such a long hospital stay alex and amelie and so i asked for um uh, two weeks from the day we got home from the hospital um but i mean i was working from home at the time so you know even when I was back at work. I was still at home, so it's a bit different. Yeah. No, I did. I did paternity all three. Um, we had more help with the first two because our dad was still around, and then he had, uh, yeah, he had cancer and he died before the third was like between the third being born and and uh, and him dying. So mm-hmm. I think he died in August twenty seventh, and uh, and um, Liam was born in June, so he was on his way out, basically. So you can okay. come over. He didn't even meet him, which was a shame. But yeah, oh. I, I, the, the first two paternities, my paternity was enough, and the family took over. The third was a little more complicated, but okay. we kind of dealt with it. Sort of it statutory two weeks. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. I, I was two months working from home, however. But the only reason why we did that is because we don't really have any family. Uh, you know, my, obviously, my my mum is a different side of London and Romana's family is another country. Yeah. So yeah, that that's why her it was family necessary. came over, like, took the plane and came over because obviously we're Italian. Um, yeah. By the way, yes, I'm Italian. I don't sound it, but yeah, I um, but yeah, they came over to help, so that helped. Yeah. Big time. So it's good. Okay, John. So Magnus and I have told our stories, um, fairly recent stories. Um, now you have three children. Yes. Um, so why don't you tell us about how things went when your first child was born? <laughs> um, so, where's your hair, John? Yeah, where's my hair, right? <laughs> um, it's an uh, interesting, intense story in the sense that um, I have less clear memories than you guys have in the sense that I lived it eight years ago. So it's, it's been a while. Um, but the intense parts I remember are the ones that sort of rough you up the most and yet make it special at the same time so i um went uh, she went luckily she has a mess and luckily well yeah for births it's quite nice (laughs) because you kind of get prioritized over everything in a way okay so we got our own room and you get all the rest of it without going through private so in a way we really got looked after which was nice um it was quite an first child so her dad was over my parents were which were absolutely yeah pain and just an intense pre-birth experience of the family constantly being on you and wanting to know and wanting to know and wanting to know and then contractions go to the hospital no you're not dilated enough going oh. <laughs> i mean that's just the most biggest disappointment that, you that just think yeah, yeah yeah we're nearly oh no fuck off going oh fine <laughs> so you end up going home thinking oh, and then within 12 hours we have to go now, the interesting thing about you were talking about the cap, my wife's waters never broke mm. with uh, Christopher. Okay. So what happens when waters don't break? They break them. Yep. And what happens when a baby poos in the waters? Ah, it goes it, all like it goes black green. And shit. Oh, is it green? It goes green. So ah. And basically, this is not a safe thing as far as I'm aware. 
No, they need to break the water to get the baby out because okay. obviously the baby pooed and it's not meant to happen. So yeah. th- 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 this is one of the harsh memories that I remember. It's just like, oh, we need to burst the waters. And l- unlike these two very smart guys, I thought I could take it. So I stood on the business end. Um, n- not something I recommend. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty intense experience. It's, um, yeah, rough, to put it nicely. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just your favourite thing, just being kicked to shit. Well, actually, that reminds me, I once heard a stand-up comedian describe um, uh, watching your wife giving birth as watching your favourite pub burn down. Yeah, something like that. But it, but it's something more genuine than a pub, in a way. I don't know. I just, it's just like, yeah, no, it just kind of hurt me. It is. I, think, I, I understand that uh, as I, well. Uh, yeah, I think that the way I described it last time to you guys was just sort of like a, you're building a sandcastle as a child, and then your cousin comes along and kicks it, and it's like, fuck, you ruined my car. So that's pretty much what happens. But all, all I know is I'm standing on a business end. They they poke the the sack, water burst, mm. green, and it's like, why the fuck is it green? <laughs> <laughs> Which is not the reaction you want to have. But she saw it as well, and her reaction was very similar. Um, but yeah, it's just a bit rough seeing it green. And, and there was the heart rate issue of it going up and down. So again, standing on a business end, it's rough. Um, epidural she wanted it she wanted the drugs she needed the drugs she was in pain so she went through that and i think there was a just you know you go through the whole preparation of what the birth is going to be like you go to the lessons and they tell you oh it's going to be like this you're going to have this support and that support and this will happen and that will happen and keep in mind that obviously if we need to cut we will let you know and you know this is a reason we'll cut because if it rips it could rip downwards towards the bum hole and it could you know it could be a really bad infection so you know they cut when they need to and they will let you know when it happens and all the rest of it so all of this you have in your mind when you're going through the experience and you know she's pushing trying to get the baby out can't feel the pushing and you know the epidural is helping and whatnot and you know imagine you know like you were saying magnus imagine the pushing and and all the rest of it um all this intenseness is going on this guy pulls out scissors and starts cutting her and and you weren't expecting this no no they didn't warn you well apparently they warned and i didn't hear it so my wife heard him i didn't um so i i quite kindly moved a nurse slightly and then sort of hit a doctor on the other end (laughs) in his arm and then i got pushed back he has to he has to um but it's the worst fucking noise you ever hear in your life. Ugh. It's like cutting into a, a ribeye you, you, with a pair of scissors. And we hear... And they're cutting sideways. I'm visibly cringing right now. This is like fucked up. Sideways. jeez. Oh, or into the, the inside of the thigh. Yeah. To, to, to make... So it's not even up. You think upwards, no, because they can't ruin the clip. Not downwards, because you don't want it to rip that way. So they cut sideways. And the oh mother, seriously, it's and and I think it's just oh my so god, you're not fucking ready for it. You're basically not ready. I can't even ju- describe. You're just not ready for it. And that just made you see red at that point. Well, it was like he should have warned me, but we did. But I didn't hear. Oh, so it was kind of your fault for not listening. This is what I'm picking <laughs> so, up on as here. Always, <laughs> as always, but as Magnus said. NHS staff manage the situation beautifully. 
kick me out the fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was it was rough. And, and but I have to say the other the other thing that the other image that scars me thinking about it is before the cutting and all the rest of it. She's pushing. She's about three or four centimeters dilated, and and I look and I was like, I see hair. Is that my son's head? And then you just realize you're seeing a slight sort of gap, and you're seeing a a head effectively. You're seeing like the top of a head, and it's like, is that hair? Oh shit, it's hair, isn't it? And it's just a bit weird seeing that, even though you're prepared with the idea that it'll come out heads first. You're just like, that, it, that's, it was that's your a son. head. That's my son. That's yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't an alien. It was my son. Oh, <laughs> it was green, but it was my son. Um, but it was just like it's Waxed. hair, and that's. <laughs> but it was like hair, and it's a bit greenish and all. But it's just like shit. That's he said, and I'm like, that's that hole is not big enough for it to come out. Like that's all I kept thinking. Now the other thing I will say, my wife's gonna hate me for this. My wife is teeny tiny. She's about five subways long, <laughs> tall. Sorry, she's five foot tall. She's that teeny tiny lady and has had three kids. Fuck knows how. Um, well, my fault every time. Um, you but, think? Yeah, you think. I reckon she planned it, but that's. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, this tiny lady pushing out this little spider because i mean he came out and he was so long and and they cute, are they're gangly and, aren't they gangly just like you're meant to be chubby and spawn he's like all gangly with big feet and it's just <laughs> like oh man it's just amazing and it's fucking mind-blowing at that point a very weird thing happened so a, a, a friend of ours who's near, i think he's 70 this year or 69 or 70 this year uh that we all worked with julian had told me years before he said oh when my boys were born the first thing I did was count their fingers and toes. And he said, I don't know why I did it, but all I know is I counted their fingers and toes. My son was born. No word of lie. I don't know why. I sat there and looked at his hands and I'm like, five fingers. And it's like, five toes. And, and, he, and then like, five and five, five and five, five. And I'm like, why the fuck am I thinking about Julian right now? <laughs> As I'm holding my son for the first time. It was just the weirdest thing. And I don't know why I automatically went and did that. But it was just sort of, is the baby okay kind of thing and I wanted to it, it's really weird I think we all did the same it was the, the first thing I did as well well I, oh, I, is it? I heard yeah. the midwife count them and say that they had them and I trusted them from that point <laughs> six six <laughs> no I I, 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 I figured they, they could probably count yeah yeah they seemed pretty capable three eyes it's all good <laughs> so so that was baby number one John yeah. any any interesting uh, info to share about babies number two and three yeah you know I was well, talking about dads that don't go to births well I wasn't allowed to do the next two so. <laughs> <laughs> you were barred yeah I was barred practically well her best friend stepped in and I basically stayed out um, so we, were you in at the hospital but outside of the room or like- yeah well we live close Close to the hospital, so I kept going backwards and forwards. It was a bit longer with Sienna. It took a little longer, so I kept going backwards and forwards. And um, yeah, that was, and it was sort of sort of come in when the business is done type of thing, which was, you know, the second birth wasn't stressful at all. It was the best birth out of the three. Um, just because I think the first is a lot of, in, like, you know, it's a very intense experience. And plus my fucking mother wanted to go in for some reason. It's just like my wife was like, why does she want to come in here? Fuck off. And I'm like, I know. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, just a bit intense. And oh, yeah, the other aspect I forgot to talk about my first, since I, I mentioned the one ball aspect last time, I might as well talk about this. The other thing I counted when he was born, it was like, he's got two balls. Walked outside, looked at my father in law, I said, he's got two balls. And he looks at me like, and I'm like, oh, you don't know. And then walked back in. <laughs> 
just yeah that was uh that was just a weird thing i did and then uh but yeah my my daughter was stress-free um she was beautiful she was the chubbiest of the three she was the heaviest of the three she's so cute um obese baby obese baby baby um and then the third was was a rough one so i, I kept texting her best friend because i kept going up I, so it's the, it's the only time she gave birth to a different hospital from the other two and i get going up and down to denmark hill and i'm like you know and then in the end just sort of start texting her, you know you let me know when something happens and then fucking radio silence i'm like the fuck jump in a car drive there get there find out where she is i go there and stefania's there and i said how's it going oh, oh and she's like pale and i'm like what's up and she's like oh no no all good they just had to take the baby out and 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 yeah i'm gonna go and see my husband so she left and goes and i'm there with elisa i was like what happened and basically came out blue and slumped on the table really and it took a few seconds before he sort of breathed Fuck. it was a pretty rough birth what was his app girl do you, uh, do you remember that no i don't i don't because i showed up obviously i mm, the dad and show up but it was just uh a rough exp- like rough experience for them because they saw him just come out boom slump on a table type of thing is he alive is he not mm. and then ah, and he cries and they just took him away okay and he just went in an incubator he got fed through the nose for like two days which was heartbreaking seeing your baby and, and just holding yeah. his hand I still got the videos of me holding his hand through the, oh mate it was it was so rough and how did how did you feel through all that oh, it, it just it's horrible when you because there's one thing about having a baby that is that skin to skin contact when a baby's born and they tell you skin to skin take your shirt off hold them close keep them warm and you couldn't do that and I'm sitting there just holding his hand through this fucking hole in plastic do you know mm. what I mean it's just it's a horrible feeling on top of that while I'm talking to Elisa after they're taking the baby away I'm still not seeing the baby at this point I'm talking to Elisa I'm like how you doing and she's like oh yeah I'm fine I'm fine I'm like Darling, you're fucking pale. Why are you so pale? And they said, oh, I don't know. And then they said, oh, and she stood up like blood. There was still some placenta left in there. Oh, wow. So she nearly bled to death. So they had to take her to emergency out to to have a uterus scraped, which she described to me later. And pretty much scooping with the hand is what the doctor was doing. Oh, Jesus. Oh, mate. She describes it. Literally, the guy was doing this. He was saying, I'm so sorry while he was doing it because he had to scrape out the placenta. Jesus. Just, uh, and then they had to do reconstruction and whatnot. But it's just rough, mate. Just Down rough. to the rind. Just oh. rough. And and it's just... <laughs> fucking... <laughs> I just heard that. I am too late on your jokes. Jesus Christ, fuck you. I was hoping no one would, you would notice oh that we could my just God. go past it. <laughs> no, you no. Know, some things don't need to be recognised. No, no, that fucking recognise that. But yeah, it was it was just rough. It was yeah, just it rough. sounds it, man. And it, I think it goes to show like how how impressive um, women are. And I'm not yeah. saying that to be condescending or, 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 no. or what have you. But uh, I can't, can't imagine having mm-hmm. anything of mine scraped... Yeah, yeah alone a uterus. Completely agree. There's no patronisation in our appreciation of no, what the mate. fuck they've done. Yeah. It's insane. It's... You see a whole different part yeah. of your partner that you you know. I was with Romana for nearly eight years, and we know each other intimately, like full on down to the cellular level. Scraped a uterus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so dark. You know, if you're bored on a Friday night, 
<laughs> okay, right. So, so <laughs> let's God. let's think about some final conclusions. Final. So, so I mean, hopefully there are going to be some fathers to be out there who are um, who are um, who are just you know are going to be thinking a lot about going through labour. So, John, what is your number one bit of advice that you would give to uh, a father to be? Boys, get on the gas and air. <laughs> no lie. The whole stress with the third, gas and air, amazing. She never liked gas and air from day one. It made her feel sort of nauseous and sick. And then she ended up doing epidurals for all three. When the nurse is not looking, get on the gas and air. Honestly, best thing the NHS could provide for dads, not just mums. The NHS should consider this for the stress that dads go through because you can't contribute anything. You're the fucking spare wheel in the room, as Magnus put it. Give gas and air to people. Boy, that sorted my life out during the stress. And I will say, I, I had the stress in the first birth of having family wanting to be involved. Remember that your wife, partner's giving birth. You are there to support her. Everybody else can go and do one. Don't worry about family, their opinions, their input. They're wanting to be there. It's a team effort between you and you and her work together don't worry about everybody else because that level of stress you don't need when you've got to enjoy that experience of birth because it is an experience to live really magnus i've, I've got a couple may i okay um do not be afraid of the birthing cascade that you get absolutely no points for going natural and being in pain at the end of the day it's your, it's going to be your baby's health um do not pack everything don't pack the kitchen sink pack light you're not going to need it um and be there for your partner yeah sound advice amen and for me i think it's just listen to what, what your partner is telling you in terms of how they want you to support them i mean if you decide to start freestyling your support and coming up with ideas for how to help the, the you know the reality is you're probably gonna you know um be hindering rather than helping and if you know if if your partner says don't join in with the calls to, to push. Don't do that, you know. Um, listen to what they've got to say because, um, you know, you you are there as a helper and not a great deal else. There was a good line in a show, you know, Parks and Recreation. Have any guys seen that? Where if... if um, if something's wrong with, with, with someone else, you don't need to try and fix it. Just say, that sucks. Um, obviously, just saying that sucks as your wife's in labour is probably not going to help much. Nope. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that advice it probably isn't good for that context. But, you know, in general, that sucks is is, is a good way to be empathetic. Um, okay, guys. Well, I think that's probably about it. Unless you guys have any final thoughts you'd like to share. No, I'm good. Okay, good stuff. So um, so thanks for joining us, um, everyone out there, for the second ever episode of Overly Honest Dads. If you guys have any uh, any suggestions for us, any comments, any feedback, good or bad, I especially want lots of bad feedback because it will be quite amusing. And a um, negative prick. Yeah, um, then email us at, us at overlyhonestdads at gmail.com. Uh, next week, we'll be back with another episode talking about the first couple of weeks after you get your baby home. Um, so please join us again and uh, look out for that uh, all that remains is for me to thank Magnus have a good one everyone and John have a good evening thanks for joining us every- everyone see you guys again soon thank you goodbye